Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around, a watch she can wear every day from Movement. Whether your mom is into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, Movement has something she'll love. And right now, everything at Movement is up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale. A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a Movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Star Wars 7x7, episode 3030. Tony Gilroy did say that this would be a, quote, interesting, unquote, episode of Andor, and announcement certainly is that. And in fact, it actually also has some structural things that maybe suggest what the series might have looked like in the days when it was not under Tony Gilroy's auspices. Well, we'll talk about all that in our seven takeaway breakdown today. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy. And thank you so much for joining me for it. So, Announcement, which is an episode that I would like to give an alternate title for. We did this with the Obi-Wan Kenobi series because there were no titles for that. I haven't really done it with Andor, but I think you can call this episode Smile for a good reason, which we'll get to in short order. But I want to start by saying that, as our first takeaway, this feels like this could have been the premiere episode of the series. I mean, imagine a situation where there's an opening crawl for Andor, and it says that the Galactic Empire has been slowly consolidating its hold on the galaxy, but there are corporate authorities that are also operating as surrogates for the Empire. But then a daring heist on the planet Aldani results in the theft of 80 million credits from the Empire, and the Empire decides to bring the hammer down. Meanwhile, one of the culprits of this robbery, a desperate Cassian Andor, returns to his home planet of Ferex to try to help his family escape. And if you were to do that, then the scenes with Luthen and Mon Mothma work, the scenes with Mon Mothma and her old Chandralin friend work, the scenes with the Imperial Security Bureau work, even the scene with Cassian going to the party planet and getting arrested and thrown in prison for six years, that still works as a first episode setup. But of course, that's not actually what happens with the series as it's being presented to us. It just seems fascinating that we have two complete three-episode story arcs, and then we have this one-off episode, and its purpose really is to set up the next three episodes. But now let's talk about the specific characters that we've been following and how they are set up for what's happening in the next story arc. We have Cassian, of course, who does exactly what we thought he was going to do. He comes back to Ferex and he's there to take Marva and B2EMO off-world someplace nice and warm and wonderful. 
But instead, Marva is energized by the actions on Aldani, which Cassian doesn't share with her to protect her, ostensibly. So instead, Cassian takes off for the party planet and gets rounded up there in a very unjust fashion, and we're going to explore that in the deeper dive situation. But suddenly, he is sentenced to prison without a trial for six years. And so basically, we're going to see him dropped into this prison situation for the next story arc and he is apparently going to break out of prison at that point and you can see a situation where as we've talked about in previous episodes looking at how Cassian goes from the man we meet at the very beginning of the series to who we eventually meet at Rogue One the growth has been kind of slow but this is certainly a situation where it could be formative in terms of Cassian deciding no I'm not just going to be a mercenary to poke a stick in the eye of the empire like once i'm done with this i want to stick a stick in the eye of the empire for real third up we're going to talk about dedra miro and she got what she was aiming for that we also talked about on the podcast previously she got control of the ferrix situation and so we're going to get to see her pursuing her leads on ferrix in the next story arc as well this came with some nifty political maneuvering against her main antagonist in the ISB, Blevin. And this time her initiative is lauded by Major Pedagars. Pedagaz? Pedagars? Oh, shucks. Because she has the data to back it up now, although he does tell her in confidence to watch her back so her troubles aren't necessarily at an end with the internal politicking of the Imperial Security Bureau, but she's certainly on her way up with getting Ferrix assigned to her portfolio. But she doesn't actually seem to be angling to be the main antagonist for Cassian Andor. She actually seems to be becoming the main antagonist for Luthen Rail, which leads to our fourth takeaway where we have Luthen revealing to Mon Mothma that yes, he was behind the Eldani situation and he's arrived at the point where he needs to force the hand of the Empire and he's perfectly aware that the Empire is going to make people suffer for what happened on Eldani and he says that's the plan. Like his idea of things is now very much in line with a Sagarera kind of mentality. He knows that innocent people are gonna get hurt. I don't think he necessarily wants to be the one doing the hurting, but there's a difference between him and Mon Mothma, I suppose, where Mon Mothma is trying to figure out how to do this without getting innocent people hurt. And Luthen is saying, nope, that's going to happen and you'd better face up to it or we're not playing the same game. Well, I don't think Mon is playing the same game at this point, so this may be where the two of them break. And as we've talked about previously, he doesn't need Mon Mothma's money anymore. He's got millions upon millions of credits to fund his own operations. Way more, I think, than what Mon Mothma was ever offering him in the first place. So he is now completely financially independent and because of the fact that it sounds like he's philosophically further down the line of what is going to be acceptable in terms of rebellion from where Mon Mothma is, yeah, he's going to be funding operations that she would not necessarily be agreeing to per se. So let's talk about Mon as our 
fifth takeaway. I think I'm keeping track of this. First one was about how the episode could have been the prologue episode for the whole series before Tony Gilroy got his hands on it. Second thing about Cassian. Third about Dedra Miro. Fourth about Luthan. Now we're on Mon Mothma. A fifth thing. And she's the reason why I want to call the episode Smile because of her having to tell her Chandralin friend Takeholma to smile at multiple times throughout the proceedings of that party and scene and whatnot. And I do think that was a really interesting thing to have her have to repeat to him, especially when, you know, you hear things about uh, telling women to smile and how just uncool that is in, you know, a lot of circumstances. So I just, I found it fascinating that they played it that way. And I think it's a, a really intriguing choice and very cool. Now, one of the things that Mon tells this guy in confidence is that it's a secret only three people in the galaxy know, and Mon and Luthen Rail are presumably two of them. Who's the third? It has to be Bail Organa, right? I mean, I don't know who else it could be, but I love that she specifically tells this friend not to discuss it with Perrin because he's not to be trusted. Oh, he surely is not to be trusted at all. But even what she tells this guy is really limited and compartmentalized in terms of, yeah, I'm setting up a charitable foundation and he's basically going to help her access some of her family funds that she's been having difficulty accessing and he wants to know why and she says, yeah, I'm not gonna tell you and it's better that you don't know anyway and he seems open to the idea. Certainly he gives, you know, hints and intimations that his politics are definitely not aligned with the empire. And at this point, it seems very unlikely that he would do something nefarious, like sell her out or rat on her to parent or anything like that, because she's still involved with the Senate and, you know, the workings of the galactic empire. She doesn't get chased out of there until a couple of years later. So it seems like there's not going to be any scandal at this point. But it's also hard to understand how Mon Mothma is actually going to use the money when it seems like her major way of doing business is communicating with Luthen Rail to get him the money to then fund these other groups that they have going. It doesn't seem like she's in contact with any other groups, especially if she's saying that there are only three people that know about these things, unless she's funneling money to Bail Organa, who is doing some things also. But that might have to do with materials and supplies and setting up rebel bases and all of that kind of thing. For a sixth thing, I want to talk about the flashback sequences that we see. Yay, we get flashbacks again, which is great. So we see how Clem, how Cassian's adoptive father, is killed and it is a tragic situation that is also reflected in what happens to Cassian later in the episode in that it's a bit of mistaken identity slash mistaken activity right because Clem is trying to stop people on Ferrix from throwing rocks at the clone troopers and instead he is apparently accused of being part of that and is hung for it as a result so very unjustly punished for this situation. Same thing happens to Cassian at the end of the episode where he is just seeing all these random people running around and away and a shore trooper says, oh, you must be part of this. Why are you sweating? And you know, why are y'all looking around and you look suspicious and I'm putting you in prison and putting you 
in for trumped up charges and whatnot. So yes, echoed there. The thing that I'm not too sure about is whether this invalidates more of Cassian's backstory. According to the Rogue One visual guide, we've been told that his father was killed at the Corita Military Academy, and what we see in Andor shows Clem being killed on Ferrix. This could be one of two things. Number one, it could be that the information in the Rogue One Ultimate Visual Guide is not accurate for the same reasons that Fest as his home planet is not accurate, that there are certain things that have been forged for his rebel file, if you will. The other possibility is that we're only talking about Cassian's adoptive father here and that his biological father may have been killed at the Creedae Academy. We just don't know the answer to that. So, I mean, it's possible that we are finding out more of Cassian's backstory is different from what we thought. But yeah, we still need to know a little bit more about that backstory to say for sure. And before we get to the last takeaway, which has to do with a couple other characters we see in this episode and a shocking turn of events, I do want to say that this episode is being brought to you by NordVPN, and the VPN stands for Virtual Private Network. Now, I've used VPNs myself just for work-related purposes for many years and had never really thought about using it for home purposes. The first time that actually came up, my son, who is a gamer, said, hey, you know, that's something that maybe we should consider because one of the things it can do for gaming is allow you to access different servers and make it easier, more fun for you for gaming gaming stuff. For me, that was not enough for me to say, yeah, I'll try it. But that did get me thinking about the security and privacy of our own home network. And then I got in touch with the NordVPN folks and they gave me the opportunity to try it out. So over the next couple of weeks, I'm going to see what this whole NordVPN situation is all about and share what I find with you. And they also gave me a promo code to share with you and a special discount with four months free if you go to nordvpn.com slash Star Wars 7. It's the number 7. It just ends there. NordVPN.com slash Star Wars 7 for a discount on their service and four months free. And they have a 30-day money-back guarantee too, which is cool. So I'll post the link for that in the blog post for the show's episode at SW7X7.com and in the show notes as well. Now let's talk about the seventh and final takeaway, which has to do with the clandestine meeting between Clea and Vel on Coruscant. First of all, we find out that Clea is not just a confidant, that she's a full partner in this operation with Luthen Rail. And what's more is that she's almost like a General Draven compared to Luthen Rail's Mon Mothma, to use that analogy, because she goes to Vel and says that she needs Vel to kill Cassian Andor. Now, Luthen has not given this kind of order, although he's certainly implied that Cassian is expendable to Vel, that he did in the first episode of that story arc. But now we have an actual kill order for Vel to execute? This is a really shocking twist, and I don't think that Luthen wants Cassian to die. I know he said to Vel that he was basically expendable because he was getting hired for the job and he was paying for redundancy, and that was, you know, a very impersonal way of putting things, but his pitch to Cassian definitely sounded like he had invested a lot in the idea of Cassian being a part of whatever his operations were. Maybe it just has to do with the fact that Cassian did not sign on, that he took his money and disappeared, and so they're concerned that 
like Clea says, that if, you know, somebody gets a hold of him, then he could point people back to Luthen. And if he's being treated as a mercenary, then certainly the possibility exists that Cassian could decide to sell Luthen out for credits if the price was right. Either way, it sets up a very potentially interesting next encounter between Vel and Cassian, and also maybe between Cassian and Luthen, and Cassian and Clea for that matter. And those are the major takeaways I've got for you on this episode with the deep dive coming up tomorrow. We're going to dig into the Empire's change of heart. So yes, that's a whole segment of the episode that we haven't really talked about today, but it deserves its own full-on deep dive and we will handle that tomorrow. But for now, that is going to do it for this episode of the show. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it as always. And may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be. By seven is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited, other respective trademark and copyright holders. May the force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.